They've gone all fancy there. Did you just see that? With the big number <laughs> counting down on the screen. That's an update of the software. <laughs> That's what we pay for every month, Jody. Anyway, sup, my dogs. It's been three, three, three long weeks since uh, we saw each other, Joe, since we've been speaking to each other. Um, mainly from uh, from my side, I've had a roller coaster of a three weeks. It was just three really, well, the first two weeks were just really bad. First I was sick, five days, 40 degree fever, um, an infection in my throat. I don't think I've ever been so sick in my life. I couldn't even look from my eyes to record a podcast. Then directly after that, or in that same period after I uh, got sick, uh, my granddad passed away. Didn't even have time to uh, say goodbye to him. So that was, um, I, uh, I, I had some days that I uh, was just really, really sad. And directly after that, my favorite dog passed away. So it was literally just one thing after the other, two weeks. And then I wanted to start training again. I was thinking, oh, two shite weeks. Um, Training wasn't going it wasn't going well. I just packed the caravan, went away for five days to uh, to France, where they've got the best Wi-Fi and coffee in the world, to uh, reset a little bit, um, some sort of mini holiday with um, a girl, Jody. I love. I'm, I'm in love. <laughs> so that's the the upside, and uh, that's why we've been we've been gone for three weeks. And uh, yeah, I've just I've just been offline for three weeks and um, back back in the game. For back better than the ever. Fiftieth time. It's the roller coaster lifestyle athlete life. Um, but yeah, a couple of shit weeks. Anyway, how, uh, how how have you been doing? I've been all right, mate. So after Roth, because uh, I think I did. We did the last podcast was just after that, wasn't it? And yeah, then, uh, exactly. I was just on. I just got to where I was going on holiday. So yeah, had a bit of a holiday in Cornwall, um, which was pretty nice. Uh, I think we were there for seven days. Didn't really do a massive amount of like biking and running, but did like a reasonable amount of swimming. So I was just swimming in different in the sea and stuff like that. Reasonable amount is something nice. like thirty k a week. Something top dogs would do. Uh, probably about probably about nine point nine k, something like that. <laughs> 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 probably about a reasonable amount. Probably about fifteen k. Probably something like that. Um, maybe a bit more. I don't know. Like it was just like I was like swimming around islands and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and then uh, there was a few people I swam with. Yeah, I'd say pretty about 15k, something like that, which on a holiday is not bad, is it? Like open water. No, it's not definitely I mean, it's not, not bad. Like... Definitely not bad. Um so uh yeah, I had a few little stories uh from the holiday. Um one of them, what would you do if you went to a cafe and you asked for a flat white and you got an absolute flipping howler at come? Like first of all it was in like a massive coffee cup, like huge and uh and then, you know, like the American size ones, it was in like a cup like that. It looked terrible. You know, when you just pour milk with, into an Americano, yeah. it looked like that. I took a sip of it. It was boiling hot. Uh, so it was like, Cooking. tasted rank, Cooking. burnt my mouth. Yeah. And then the woman asked me how, how it was. What would you have said? Would you have been like, that was terrible? Or would you have just thought, I can't be asked on my holiday. I'll just say, yeah, that was all right. And then... Uh, get on with it it was classed i did make a big schoolboy error i'll i'll say it out there now i went to a cafe that advertised itself as a tea room all oh, right which well that's a massive that, mistake that's a massive mistake yeah but they, they had flat it's like on you're, the, on you're the going menu, to though. a pony club for a ball dance you know is um um tea room for a coffee is um it's like going to a pizza hut for a pokeball you can't do that but anyway yeah it depends i if she would come up to me and say how did you like the coffee probably she did it in a sarcastic way because she knew this guy's coming to a tea house for a coffee i'm gonna 
screw this guy right over. Anyway, she probably made you a tea with a lot of milk. That's why it was so hot. I would have asked her, yeah. may I ask how you, um, how you made this coffee? Or I would have went inside to see if there was like this automatic machine or she made it with her hand. Because if it's handmade, then I'm curious how she messed up so bad. I think it was handmade, but just really poorly done, like extremely poorly done. Well, then you could because could even have a machine her, would have been better. You could have given her some tips. Um, I think it's all about the progressive build. So you could have said, "I like the cups, but they're a bit too big. <laughs> well, the milk oh, is great quality, <laughs> but a bit too hot." <laughs> <laughs> and just picked it apart like yeah, that. Yeah, picked it apart. Yeah. And I, may I ask what coffee you're using? I would suggest using a proper coffee. They probably use coffee aroma, yeah. not even like proper beans, just like aroma. Yeah, I bet they use like instant coffee where they mix with boiling water and then just chuck some boiling hot milk in yeah. it. Like that'll do the lad. That'll do him. He doesn't like no like he, he doesn't look like he knows what a flat white is anyway. It's all about the. We'll send him on his way. It's all about the progressive feedback, and I really like the coffee, the tea house. <laughs> and then I went to a next cafe because I literally just left that one. It was the most rank coffee I've had. I just had a couple of sips and was like, "That'll do." And then the guy said, "What do you want?" And I said, I'll just get like, I just got a cold drink because I said to Laura, I, know I want to get another coffee from somewhere. But I went in there and wasn't too sure on what that one looked like. And I was like, fuck it. I can't be asked to take the risk in this one. So I go, oh, I'll just get a, uh, I'll just get a ginger beer. And Laura goes, I thought you wanted another coffee. Uh, and then, the, and then the guy was like there listening because I was like, we're right next to it. And I went, oh yeah, yeah. I think I'll just miss it. She was like, oh, he just went to a cafe next door and it was a terrible coffee. And I think now he's a bit worried about getting it. And then the guy was like, Oh, you know, he's like, I can make you one. I'll make you a flat white. And I'll tell you what, if you don't like it, then you don't have to pay for Fair it. Enough. Well, how does that sound? Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'll go for it. And he did actually do a pretty, uh, pretty, pretty solid one. Um, oh, there you but go. I was actually, yeah. So it was, it ended up being all right. Well, um, speaking of a coffee, I had this one written down as one of my lows. Absolutely flipping hot piss water on the highway in France. Oh, I can imagine. I know what them ones are like. It was one of these luxury machines. They had they even advertised with like real beans and already. I was already a bit skeptical. Two euros fifty for hot piss water with coffee aroma taste. It was disgusting. I don't. What What do you think oh. are the worst countries in the world for coffee? Would you say Spain Germany. and France are in are in like top ten? Oh, I'd say Germany's worse than yeah, worse than France. Yeah, I think Germany. Would you real say bad. the Germans um, full focus on beer? Beer is probably a beer yeah, and bratwurst. Yeah. Bratwurst. Yeah. Um, Spain definitely one of the worst, <laughs> and France as bad as Spain. Like I think they're. I, I'd say France is worse than Spain because sometimes in Spain you, especially if you're in the cities, True. you can get. True. You can get. One. You can get a decent cortado or something in Girona, but if you're in the middle of nowhere, yeah, no chance. Terrible. No chance. No chance. What about the Wi-Fi? Um, worst city in the world? Worst country in the world for Wi-Fi? Oh, 100% France. Absolutely terrible. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I thought it was supposed to be a decent country. Like, how do they do so many things bad? It's just, I wish we could just swap with England and France. We could just have their country with all their mountains and their nice weather and the med and just send them to England. You know, do I you, would be really keen to do, do that. Do you know what I, I also don't get about these countries, about Italy, France, and Spain? So... From an economical perspective, right? Um, economically, Netherlands, Norway, Sweden, Germany, UK, absolute beasts, right? Economically, always uh, high rollers. Then these countries like Spain, France, um, Italy, 
the rollaways like on the edge. Do they need some more support from the EU or not? Then, boom, it's summer. All they all live under tourism. But when they need to boom, when they need to boom tourism, make the most of their money, they're going to bed about 2 p.m. for a little nap. Who's going to bed for a little nap when you need to make some money when you have the only chance? You know, you can you can sleep all winter because no one is coming to France or to Embrun or 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 Gerard Mira. Because I, I knew you were gonna I knew you were gonna say it from Embrun because we went there, didn't we? When they'd all been battered by COVID <laughs> and they'd just opened for like literally just opened after COVID screwed them and they were all just wanted to shut at two o'clock and we were like. Why is everywhere shut? And they've just been moaning that they've not made any money from tourism. And now they've got the chance. And we were trying to go for a coffee at like 1 p.m., weren't they? And they were like, no, 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 we're not opening. We're shutting. I don't get that. I, I don't get it at all. Literally, last week, I was going there to a shop because I wanted to uh, do some lifestyle athlete shopping. The roll closed. I'm thinking, I want to spend some money. But everyone here just wants to go to bed. Just go to bed a bit earlier. Have some dinner a bit earlier. And then make some money when all the tourism is, is like boom and Betty alive. Same for lunch. We went to this place at 2 p.m., which I think is a normal time for lunch. It's a bit of a late lunch, but not too late. And they're saying, we're, 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 we're shutting down from 2 to 6 for a little nap. I'm thinking, shutting down? Bloody hell. Why would you do that? Absolute crazy. I also had a very intimidating experience on my trip. Like, I went for a run, and uh, it was on the last day. And it was like, oh no, it wasn't on the last day. It was one of the last days anyway. It was on some trails. I was running along these trails and I ended up bumping into some sheep and they saw me coming. They started running up these like steps, got to the top of the steps. Now I got to a gate and the sh the, this path that I was running on was probably literally like just wide enough for one person. Like you wouldn't have been able to run two abreast. So I get to this gate and there's seven sheep. So I got a picture of them. I've literally counted them. <laughs> and one of them, I could see the look in his eye. He was, he was scared, but he was giving me the look like he thought, I've got two options here. I can either fucking run or I can take this guy on. That's what he was thinking about me. I, I could see the look that he was considering whether or not he's going to fucking try and take me. Now, I'd just been swimming the day before with these people, and they told me that more people died from cow attacks during COVID than COVID in Cornwall. So I'm thinking, fuck, like, you know, if cows have killed that many people, how many people have bloody sheep killed? And like, I see this sheep looking at me and I'm thinking, what do I, what do, I do? So I walked a bit closer, but I, uh, but I was thinking like, I've seen that film, Black Sheep, and the sheep on there are absolutely wild. And I'm thinking, if there's seven of these, set, I could take one or two of them. If it's just one sheep, I wouldn't have cared. I think I could take him. Two, yeah, probably. But again, Three, the gang oh, is dodgy. Push. That's pushing it. Yeah, but a gang, a whole gang of seven of them. I can't take seven sheep, probably. Like, they'll they'll batter me. And they also I'll know if you catch one of them, you'll turn, turn them into dinner. They know what's going to happen when they get yeah. caught. <laughs> yeah, so they're, they're on life or death. So I literally went a bit closer. Two of them then ran up the, up the hill. I'm thinking, all right, that's good. There's only five of them now. And then uh, just as I... Uh, when I get a bit, I got a bit closer still to him and I'm like thinking, shit, like this is risky. This is risky. Like if he goes for me, I'm, I'm nailed. Um, thankfully he just, one of them like sprinted past me and then it was just him. And then he was like, I could see the way he'd like, kind of like turn to run away, like a bit sideways, like while he was like staring at me and it was good. But I was like thinking, Jesus, like these sheep are going to, uh, I thought he was going to absolutely nail me. Like I was, I was thinking, God, do I just turn around and go back the other way? What would you have done? Is this the anticlimax? I would have hoped one of, like, I, at least tried, someone tried. 
No, I know it does seem a bit anticlimactical in the end, but if in my situation, it was it was worrying. I was worried. I would actually them. think it's a good wrestle with a sheep because it's like it's got so. Do you know much how I got rid of them in the really end? Grab it. Do you know how I got rid of them in the end to get them to run away? With the junkyard dog. Like when I with a junkyard dog because I thought sheep dogs like round them up, don't they? Yeah. So I thought if they're scared of sheep dogs, I'll pretend I'm a dog. I'm a dog. So I'm like, roo, roo, roo. <laughs> Literally like that. And yeah, 100%. I swear on my life. And that got him running. I thought, yes, the sheepdog strikes. He's got that dog. <laughs> He's got that dog. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm back from my holiday with the caravan. I'm finally uh, zen. Mate, I can tell you one thing. I have been flipping anxious about a week ago. Like I went out for a training session because I haven't... In them two weeks, I hardly did any to no training. And um, I was supposed to uh, to race. I was on the list for Ironman Switzerland, but uh, then that happened with my uh, uh, granddad. And after that, I started to, I tried to like train again after the sickness and um, and the funeral and everything. And I went out on the bike ride, 90 minutes easy. And I just felt this pressure on my chest, like this anxious feeling, like I need to be fit and perform. And I was like, um, this ain't healthy. Like, screw this. I'm... Uh, I'm I'm gonna get away for five days and uh, and then. Why did you feel an anxious feeling? Dude, I've though? got no clue. I've no clue. What do you mean, like anxious? Like, how did it feel? And like pressure? Just or, like, or you made just, you feel um, um, I think it was just the feel of, um, you know, I've got a, uh, I've got I don't have a lot, but I've got a couple of sponsors, and um, they obviously want to see me race. I want to see myself race. But then always something th something comes like in between. I also got the Apple business coming up in September and October when I need to work during the weekends. So there will be no races in September and October. You're only doing professional athlete or like you're only doing Ironmans for an X amount of years. Um, you want to make the most out of it. And just always something gets in the way. And I think it just really dawned on me that um, that I'm, I, I wasn't ready. And I just signed up for another race. Ironman, Pentington, Canada. It's 27th of August. I don't know. I just, I just felt anxious that, uh, that, it, that it just wasn't going to happen this year, and uh, it just really was just a really scary feeling. And I just turned around after like 90 minutes. I stopped something like five times on the bike, went home, and I was like, I need to get away for a few days. Bloody hell! Yeah. I remember you doing Switzerland before when your sponsor got you to do it and you weren't going to do it and you ended up having a really good race though, didn't you? I know, I know. That was when you guys were uh, were out with the motor, motor club, with the Harley Davidson club. The Harley Davidson, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sunday motorbike ride. <laughs> because I, I actually made the front pack, which is, I don't know what's funny, like having the motorbikes or me actually making the front pack. <laughs> but... Uh... Hello, motherfuckers, I'm here for the ride. <laughs> I've got one last low, and I'm curious what you would have done. So um, in between, I was also one day at the Tour de France for Skoda, where I had to do uh, record a podcast there, and I was like invited literally in the Tour de France in a following car. I could touch Major Vanderpool. But anyway, on the way home from the airport to the Netherlands, we were... We, on the airport, we were like in a hurry. We didn't have a long time. I couldn't go to the toilet. I had to go for number two. So I thought I'll just save it for the airplane. We were up in the air, and all of a sudden, I heard this noise. Bling! Which normally means you can untie your seatbelt, right? So I untied the seatbelt, 
walk as a confident guy to the back, like I'm going for a number two and no one's going to stop me. And all of a sudden, the, uh, what do you call it, stewardess? Stewardess? Yeah, stewardess, yeah. She, uh, she said, what are you doing? The, uh, the lights are on. You need to go back to your seat. So I was like, oh, 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 all right, all right. So I went back and literally when I sat down, bling, lights went up. So I turned around. She was like, all right, you may come. I sat on the toilet, mate, for number two. And as soon as I closed the door, sat on the toilet, the magic happened. And all of a sudden I heard, bling, wild turbulence. Mate, I, I, don't, I didn't know what was happening, but we were flying through some sort of flipping airlock. The shit was going through the flipping toilet. I was going in the air. I was dead scary. I thought I'm gonna die in this airplane and with me and my poo in the uh, in, in the air. Was the toilet? I was thought it, I was you gonna die. Toilet, doing a dump, and it was the plane was just properly shaking up and down. Shaking. We were, were going it. through some airlock. It was like in, a, in like in a, 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 like in one of these theme parks where we would drop like 400 meters, like boom. It's a good job though you were sat down because if you were standing up going for a piss and it started doing that, you would have walked out and you'd have had all piss on your trousers and everything, wouldn't you? There, there was no actual poo on me, but I was I, I was lifted <laughs> up from the toilet in the air, something like thirty centimeters. My heart was in my throat, and I was like, "I'm gonna die on the toilet." Have you ever had bad turbulence? Yeah, but luckily I've never been on the, oh, on the my toilet God. with it. Feels but... very lonely. Very lonely. <laughs> it feels very lonely. <laughs> Anyway, mate, you're now in Lake Placid because this Sunday uh, we've got a, you have got a race coming up. I would say we because we are a team. We are a team. Um, you flew out last Wednesday. Um, we were Tuesday, mate. Last Tuesday. Tuesday because on a Monday we were supposed to record a podcast. I was on the camping in the caravan, all set up when all of a sudden this live band started playing, and we couldn't record it. Um, but are you uh, tell us about the race? You ready, Freddie? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready, mate. So first of all, on the way out, got I said to my dad, we were driving down to the airport and normally it takes like two and a half hours. And we got there in like two hours, 10, something like that, like had a real clear run, uh, dropped the car off. The guy was like straight, like was there straight away. So literally did that, got straight into the check-in, literally far, was at the front of the queue pretty much. I think mean, there's one person in front of me. Dropped my bikes off, no problems with anything, straight through security, got into a lounge, all done in like literally less than three hours, door to door. I said to my dad, wow, this is like the quickest we've ever gone through this. I said, I can't believe how like stress-free that's gone. Then things took a turn. We were on the um, <laughs> plane, literally about an hour away from landing. And then they said, oh, the weather in New York's really bad, so we can't land. We're going to have to go to Boston and wait there and uh, fill up with some fuel. And then when the weather clears in New York, we'll take you there. Uh, I said, how long will it be, do you reckon? They said, oh, like, could be as low as an hour, could be a maximum of three hours, something like that. Uh, I thought, all right. We were there four hours, sat on the plane on the runway in Boston. The Literally, annoying thing just is, in the plane. In the plane. And Boston was the same amount of dr to drive, same distance to drive to, like, Lake Placid as New York. And I'm thinking, shit, like, we've got to drive, like, but to Lake Placid after this. So I'm thinking... When there's no way we're going to make it now. We've had this delay. So I looked at some accommodation anyway, uh, found some in like halfway in a place called Albany. So got that sorted. But this is after about, we'd been there for about an hour and a half on the runway because I'm thinking, Jesus, like time's ticking. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we were meant to land at 4.45 p.m. So we ended up landing at like nine o'clock. Then we got off the plane and because of the air, airplane, had, like because loads of airplanes had been like re-diverted and had that happen, 
the queue to get through passport control, mate, was like an hour and a half. Literally just standing there, like hardly walking. You should have seen yeah. it. I've never seen anything like it. And then another hour queue, mate, to get the hire car. So the time I was meant to arrive into Lake Placid, it ended up bit was the time we ended up picking the hire car. I think we picked up at half 11 at night. And I, I said to my dad, I'll drive the New York bit because I knew he would hate that. And obviously you've only got the sat nav on your phone in New York. Like sometimes they're like pretty dodgy with slip roads, aren't yeah. they? So I was like, I'll do this bit and I'll go as far as I can on the motorway. And then we'll swap and you can do the rest. And my dad, he loves plowing along on the motorways. Like you could get, you know, when you're in France, you're driving down the motorways. And it's like, stay on this road for 250 miles. He's a diesel, isn't he? He loves it. He just gets he's a in diesel. the zone. Ray gets in there and he, he'll never leave. He'll just get to that exactly. destination. Yeah. So I got to the point where I was like, almost like falling asleep at the wheel. You know, when you have them twitches and you're yeah. like that and you're like, oh, fuck. So I had that a couple of times. I'm like, shit. I said to him, like, you're going to have to carry on from here. And it had like, 100 miles left and I'm thinking oh god like I hope he's not too tired because while I was driving as well he was having a bit of a kip I could hear him like snoring away in the and chair and I'm thinking he snores like, like a bear I've seen it I've yeah, seen Ray snore he snores like a bear yeah <laughs> so I'm thinking oh god if he's that tired like we're never going to make it there we're going to be doomed we're going to be like have to stay in the car uh he's like no no I'll be all right I'll be all right so I swapped over and literally instantly I'm gone I'm asleep and I woke up because with about 10 miles to go the car was like going over them like rumble strips on the motorway. Yeah, you know yeah, where yeah. it goes, like, where it vibrates loads. It was doing that. I said to him, are you all right? Are you all right? <laughs> he goes, oh, I'm getting a bit tired now. So I end, up, I end up talking to him for the last 10 miles. And uh, thankfully, we made it there in one place at quarter past two in the morning. Um, and then, yeah, had a kip five, six hours and then just drove to Lake Placid uh, after that. But it was a very eventful day getting damn getting that there. is very inventful do you know what the advantages of having a caravan jody mate you can stop I when it happens back to uh, from france uh, yesterday and uh first a little bit a little bit a little bit of a tour de france uh, bike ride and then i got in the car I ended up in by the way abysmal conditions like literally storms 10 degrees i only had cycling shorts and a t-shirt i was flipping cold Anyway, drove back home, but with the caravan, you can't drive that fast, but it's all right. Enjoy the journey, just like Ray, get locked in. But then... What can you drive at, by the way? Like, could you drive at 120 nah, k's an hour? 100, 100. Would... Oh, really? Yeah, 100. Yeah, yeah. You, you really get to enjoy the scenery. But anyway, <laughs> if you're tired, you're, you, you just... Uh, last night, I just slept at a parking lot. You just park the thing, go for a nap, and then uh, boom. Really? Yeah. just parked up parked on like, up. the side of the map. Did you just go to one of them bits off the motorway where like them services you literally just pulled over there exactly. parked up went in the back and is your bed in the caravan made up the whole time or do you have to make it no it's made time? up the whole time it feels like some people think i actually live in the caravan but i live in amsterdam yeah i saw you <laughs> say that to someone <laughs> where was that did you send me the message or did some did uh, i see it i think online? you saw it, it on online yeah i had multiple people asking me that you live in a caravan <laughs> um <laughs> what i don't get from iron man by the way is they call it something well, it, this one is called Lake Placid. This one is called Lake Placid. I'm in Lake Placid with something called New York below it. But sometimes they call it, for example, I'm in Barcelona. And then there's something 100 Ks away. I'm in Amsterdam. It's not even close to Amsterdam. It's in Horn. It's like 70 Ks away. Same with this. Uh, Lake Placid is 250. No, it's even more. It's like 350, 400 Ks away from, from New York. Oh, yeah. Good 400 kilometers away. Yeah. That is, uh, do you get that? Why they do it? Yeah, probably because they no, want to sell out. No, I haven't. 
I think it just sounds more appealing, doesn't it? Because everyone knows where that place is. Oh, like I Man Barcelona. If they said I Man Calaya, it's where all the chavy British tourists go. Yeah. Come and enjoy it. Like <laughs> I went there twice when I was a teenager. <laughs> yeah, it did. What to Calaya? Yeah, yeah. Would you say that there's skanky British tourists that go there, or would you say no? It's actually fine. You didn't even notice them. Um, did you notice them? Not that much. Uh, there are there are a lot of um, skanky Dutch tourists. Like me, really? Do, is that where a lot of uh, Dutch, yeah, like yeah. you would say, chavy well, Dutch in, people back in the go days, as well? Back in the days, well, in my yeah. days, in my teenager days, you're at the Mar, Calais, Margaret the Mar. I've been there. I've, 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 I've visited the beaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, bit where you buy a bucket of cocktail for five euros. Absolutely crazy. <laughs> Um, but anyway, the race, Jody. Let's uh, go over to uh, the race. So we first do an in-depth uh, course, swim, 3.8K swim. It's a wet swim in the lake. Oh, this swim, Tom. You would love this swim. Why? First of all, it's literally just a rectangle. It doesn't right. sound too exciting. Secondly, there's a yellow line that goes under the water about two meters. No, about a meter and a half under the water that you can see. And it literally is on the boy line. So you don't even have to sight. You can just keep your head down, swim over the yellow line, and that just takes you all the way around. Why did they do why, and is it? Is it like already in the lake or did they? Yeah, it's in the lake. Apparently it's there the whole year, all year round. Oh, right. So uh, it's so easy. But then apparently on the second lap, the pros can go to the right of the boys, but then you just have to go to the left of the turn boys. Mm -hmm. But people say that because there's so many people swimming on the first lap all the way around, that the water is like already moving the whole way around the lake. So it helps you get a really fast swim because even when you're overtaking these age groupers, the, because you're swimming next to them and the water's moving, it kind of like pulls you along. Mm -hmm. So apparently the swim is really fast and apparently it could be as much as 200 meters short, which is uh, music to my ears. That is music. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I hope uh, I hope you're having a good And it swim. could, probably a non-wetsuit swim though, probably a non-wetsuit swim. Has like, it been uh, hot over the last couple of days? Not really, but um, for some reason, the water's really warm. I have no idea why. Uh, like it was freezing this morning, absolutely freezing. It gets cold at night, but it just, the water just seems to be so warm there. It's actually really nice. I swam in a non-wetsuit yesterday um, and it's great. Like really clear, lovely temperature. Like it is a nice lake. Um, um, bike course. Alrighty. Is, um, that's the the, oh, yeah, go on the swim course. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. The bike course is uh, is a is a rolling hilly course. What it looks like. You set two k elevation. You have done obviously a course record. You've been here, by the way, before, haven't you? In 2022? 21? 2021? 2021. 21. Yeah. Um, the bike course. Yeah, two thousand meters of climbing. Um, it's. The first bit you come out of transition, you've got like a little bit more uphill than downhill for the first probably 10 miles. Then you have this extremely quick descent. Like if you were pedaling, you were getting on the TT bars, you can hit over 100 k's an hour. Hmm. But the only downside is for some reason on this descent, it's the only descent I've ever had it on. I've had it on two different bikes now. I get a speed wobble every time I go over 85 k's an hour, which is extremely disconcerting when you go in that speed because it's so unusual it literally makes the, the bike move like uh shake and i don't know if that's because of the way that there's like ridges in the in the tarmac but mm -hmm. fucking hell that's worrying um if it wasn't for that i would be loving it because you don't have to break the whole way down there's a few corners and you can go really really fast um and then the hardest bit then you've got a bit where it's a bit flat little bit of undulations for a while 
And then the last 10 miles of each lap is uphill. You gain about 400, 500 meters in 17 Ks. Um, so it's got like a bit of climbing, flat, bit of climbing, flat. And it's like that all the way up to the town, which is normally in a headwind. A course you'd say would suit you. I would say so, yes. Yeah. And it's tough because the last part, so once you get to 100 miles, you start the 10-mile climb. Mm -hmm. So the last 10 miles is the hardest 10 miles, like, terrain-wise in the race, and it's when you're the most fucked. Yeah. So it's a very honest course. It's a really good one. And then the run is a bit undulating, and it doesn't seem that hard when you see it, but no one runs that quick on this run course. So I think maybe because people start the run and they're tired, fatigued or whatever, like, no one seems to run as quick as what you would think they should do. All righty. I'll, I'll quickly go over to uh, to the start list. Uh, we've got a couple of uh, lads famous in the scene. We've got Cody Beals from uh, Canada, Michael Weiss, who is an ex-colleague of Thomas Decker, if you know, you know. Uh, Joe Skipper, Alistair Brownlee. Is Alistair Brownlee actually there? Have you seen him? Is he's been? He's there, mate, and he's absolutely gunning for yep. it. He's done the whole course. Like He did 180Ks yesterday and 180Ks two days before that really? on the bike. Yeah. Well, pe practice what you preach. Um, I hope Trek go hard or go home, I, mate. I hope he's uh, he's gonna have a stellar race because uh, I uh, I just want to see him uh, like do a really good. No, he's not. For, uh, he's not racing, mate. He's not racing. He's not racing. He's just chilling. Um, it's a shame. Matt Hanson, Matt Russell, Ben Hoffman, Josh Amberger. He will probably uh, be out on the front with you uh, out of the swim, leading the swim. Um, decent field. Decent field. Right? Yeah, 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 it's pretty strong. Like Cody Beals was saying to me, he reckons it's the strongest field they've had at this race. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's pretty pretty competitive. Yeah. I think that like you say, Josh Amberger's gonna be out to swim at the front. And then ideal situation for me would be if I can swim with Matt Hansen, Cody Beals, Ben Hoffman. If I get out with those guys, yeah. that would be perfect. And then obviously try and put time into them on the on the bike, you know, cool. if I can. Um Going over that list, one name catches my eye as well. This uh, guy called Jan Stepinski. His, it rings a bell. Isn't he? Wasn't he like an age grouper that trained like seventy hours a week? No, that was uh, that was a very similar person. But I saw him today. I actually wondered that as well. But no, that 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 isn't him. But yeah, that tell tell them about that age grouper that we came across. I know there, like... there's this. We came across this age grouper a couple of years ago when we were in New Zealand and this guy, his testosterone, he probably doesn't wake up with the boner anymore. Um, he does literally a swim, bike, run, swim, run, bike, run, swim every day, like multiple sessions. He run... was doing five sessions a day, basically. And he was training the most amount of distance I have ever seen in my life. Like, we're talking 50 hours a week, yeah. aren't we? And he had a job as well. Yeah. He would get up. But it was so strange how he would do it because he would start training at like 5.30, 5 o'clock in yeah. the morning. But then his last session sometimes wouldn't be finished until 11 p.m. This guy slept like something like burnt. five hours, four hours and was doing a shitload of training. And I think, oh, and I, in my opinion, he looked damn unhealthy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm going to try. I was just having a little look to see if I could... Uh, find him because i've got a new a different strava profile than what i had then but i wish i could find him and just see some of the training that he it's was doing absolutely before just insane. if someone knows who this guy is just send us a message maybe we... apparently he was a former age group world champion so some americans might know him back in the day probably like 10 like well 
seven or eight years ago. But honestly, it was the highest training load I've ever seen in my life from from anyone. <laughs> like, what would you say running? He was running what, like 120 k's a week, yeah. biking 20, uh, swimming 25 to 30 k's every week, um, just and cycling like quality wise, k's, very k's. very poor. Like a lot of zone two stuff, um, just a lot of junk miles, just Shit, volume upon volume. Um, I would actually say, and what would you say? Would you rather spend a month in prison or a month doing his uh, training regime? In prison. In prison. Just yeah. a bit of me time. I, I, I don't physically think I could actually do the training, the volume that he was I doing. I physically be, be able tired. to go to the pool twice a day. Just mentally. Yeah. Mentally, it would break me down. <laughs> like, Without doing the other yeah. three hours of Surprise, cardio. Surprise, you go into the pool again. <laughs> But um, um, something else, I wonder about Lake Placid. Is Lake Placid a cool place to visit? So would you say, if you were an age grouper, this is a really cool race because the town has got something to offer? Uh, I would say the town's all right. Like, it's a very scenic place and it's nice like that. But the downside with the town is it's a bit of a tourist trap. And a lot of the stuff, cafes and stuff close really early, like 2 p.m., which um, I don't understand why. Like, similar to what you were saying to France, but they just don't open again. Um, restaurant wise, there's a few. I would say it's all right. Yeah, I mean, if you came here for a week, what about what about be... um, uh, if you would? Uh, so if you were doing the race and after that you want to have a little holiday with the family over there, would you say it's possible? There's like stuff to do and see. Probably yeah, because there's loads of mountains. There's all like right. ski resorts here, like and stuff. So in the winter they go skiing. I reckon there's some probably really nice walks. I bet if you looked along, you could probably do ra- rafting and stuff. Like afterwards, there's got to be that because there's loads of like. Uh, rivers and stuff that and you know you could probably find something like that to do i would say you could probably find quite a few things to do here i am uh by the way the end of august racing ironman canada pentington um someone else is going there shoot me a message because i have absolutely no clue who is going um and afterwards joe i'm gonna go on a six day canadian holiday where are you gonna go i think just that area they had Banff, mate. What about that? What? Banff. What's that? That's like the highest city in uh, Canada. Like, that's no, you know I don't nice, like altitude. Uh, you know I don't like altitude. <laughs> is is that Pentington at altitude? No, right? Uh, probably not. Like three or four hundred meters, oh, maybe right, something right, like right, that. Right. Yeah. Have we got a bullshit buster? Yes. Uh, it's similar to our bullshit buster last week. Metzler uploading training sessions again with private, but then telling you, telling everyone what he did, hiding his power, but then telling you anyway. Same as what you said the week before, but he's doing it again with different ones. I've had people send it to me. Really? So he's like... 15 times two minutes. At 520 watts. And that's the thing. Like, you would have thought, at least if you had it blind and you were going to tell people, you'd at least make it sound impressive, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. He just said, like, 390 watts, 400 watts, 410 watts, like, picking it up a little bit on each one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah. So, yeah. I had maybe a, he's. I had a decent day today. Five hours with the caravan, a five k swim, and a seventeen k run. Who's your daddy? Bloody hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, have you got a bullshit buster? Uh, no, I haven't really got a bullshit buster. No, me neither. Uh, oh, I've got one. I saw an advertisement. A couple of weeks ago, two weeks ago, I wrote it down. An online triathlon training camp. And I was like, is this... An online triathlon training yeah. camp? And I was like, is this for real? 
Do you know one of these people so that are like, I am an independent entrepreneur sitting in Bali. Buy my course. And you could be one too. <laughs> Do you know one of these So guys this one, he just tells you to ride on Zwift. Everyone ride on Zwift at 10 a.m. And you're all riding together. I don't know. Thank it you very just much. sounded be $100. very fishy. Basically, just buy this training camp online and you get like, I would say, a week training camp, training tips or, or a schedule, but an online training camp. Get the hell out of here. I mean, just go to France or Spain. Not for the oh, wifey, so basically, not for a coffee, but basically. So basically, you're paying for a one-week training plan. That's it. And maybe, maybe, so, and maybe some online, online feedback sessions. Like, hey, Joe, how did the go? How did the run go today? How much did it cost? Every penny is too much already. I think it was something like fifty. What was quid, it? Maybe even more. Was it? I can maybe for one week, online, one week triathlon. And this is just for a, a generic one-week training plan, basically. Probably they're going on a camp with five hundred people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's the world's biggest training camp because like there's an unlimited amount of room i would say if you really like triathlon you want to go on a kit on a training camp but you don't like other people you would be the one that would like this training camp but there's probably quite a lot of triathletes that wouldn't want to talk to other people yeah yeah mm. like some of them hate training with other people yeah yeah but then you wouldn't look for a training camp i reckon you would just go somewhere by yourself. Um, I just wanted to say um, that apart from the coffee, Wi-Fi, and their little naps in France and Spain, for training camps, they're awesome, right? <laughs> just so we don't piss off too many French people, yeah. No, <laughs> They've got France and Spain, <laughs> they do have really good training, don't they? Like, yeah. it is probably the best places in the, in the world where I've been for training. But to be fair, the only place that... If you go to Girona, it's mega decent. But then all the cafes that are decent, so all the coffees, international cyclist or Jan Fredino, who's a German. Yeah, it's not like that's true. Actually, I'll tell you where you get the best coffee: Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, you've been, you've experienced yeah. it in New Zealand. Yeah. New Zealand like, was, you don't get you a bad literally coffee. Go to a farm in the middle of flipping nowhere. Great coffee. Yeah. Yeah, we need to head back there, don't we? And the only downside is you again. pay fifty dollars for one coffee. <laughs> <laughs> imagine how much it's going to be now after covid jesus like the pound shit the bed and covid like i'm going to be needing a new mortgage to get there yeah um but i'm going to look forward to uh to that race in canada i could choose between two races it was either challenge almere because there's literally there are literally no races why would you not pick challenge almere then because that's literally on your doorstep that's like you could sleep in your own bed for that um well because um I'm only a triathlete for a couple of years. I just want to make the most of it and go to. So you uh, want to travel and I see want to travel somewhere and nice. See, uh, and just uh, meet people and uh, and see some races. I, I I've done that race last year, and I would say it's it's a nice race, but like a fully flat course, and it's literally just around my corner. Um, and also the Apple business starts the beginning of September, so uh, um, it's hard. It is hard to uh, fit it all in. Yeah, but like you say, there is actually hardly any pro races left this year. Like that was why I did Lake Placid because there was like hardly any in There's nothing. August and then in September after um No Wales. The World Champs. No, no, no Cork, no, no, nothing. There is no uh, what you what's the again, Kalmar or Copenhagen. Nothing. It's such a shame. And for women, and then I think for women there are like fifty races. For women, there's like another at least another two options. Yeah. Um 
but like there's it's still not that many and like after Kona or Nice sorry I looked at it and there's an Ironman six days after Nice so obviously if you race Nice you can't do that and then the only two left I think that I saw were Ironman Florida Cairns. or Cozumel uh no we're Bustleton Western Australia but that's December but let's be honest who in Europe wants to train for an Ironman in December like you're, you're nailed after the season the weather's crap and you've literally got nothing left in the tank have you yeah I'd love to do it but I'm too fucked when it comes to December to, to do that race yeah, like, wanna, I'll be like a shell of myself yeah yeah you want to stuff up with all the Christmas crackers and that kind of stuff Christmas um, they call me Ricky Fatten, mate, at the end of the season because yeah. the boxer Ricky Hatton, he after every fight he used to get really big, like gain like twenty kilos, and he had like a big old fat face and everything. I'm like the Ricky Hatton of triathlon. Did we miss some triathlon gossip over the last three weeks that we uh, forgot to brush over? Some gossip. I haven't really heard any gossip. I did see that Jan Van Berkel, who won Switzerland when we were there, said that that was going to be his retirement race this year. In Switzerland, he won, and he met, he'd already called that before the race. That that was his last pro race that he was going to do, and he managed to win it, which is a pretty cool way to retire. That if you like pick cool your way. home race and why, you win why, it. Why did he retire? Because he's still um, like a uh, I don't know athlete. I think he's just I think he's just had enough. I think he's just had enough, and uh, he wants to do something else. But like that is a good way to uh, to retire. I remember getting in the battle with him that year when uh, when yeah. we were there. I would have loved um, to do that, to do that race. Like that is an awesome race. Like I'm in Switzerland. Absolutely beautiful scenery, um, great cafes, good food. The only thing is you need to mortgage your house because it's a pretty expensive place. But if you go with the caravan, it's like all right. Um, <laughs> yeah, because you don't spend anything on accommodation. <laughs> so you're like, I'll spend the same as I would for a normal race, but it will just be on sandwiches and coffee. Yeah. <laughs> you, you were you were put up by Ironman last year, but I was. I slept in a student hotel. So this is a, a hotel run by students. And uh, was it? it was a basically like an, a small Ikea room. And I had to pay a bit more than 220 pounds. So not euros, but pounds a night. Really? And it was the cheapest Jesus. option. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I was lucky I managed to get put up by Iron Man. They do. They do put their money up. Sometimes they get their. They can get their credit card out when they need to. <laughs> yeah, but I do. I do understand. Like uh, you deserve it a bit more than I do. But you've managed to get some money from them before for some races, haven't you? No. No. I thought you did before. No. You've not. I thought you managed to get something. Nothing. Never. No. 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 Not one penny. I have once uh, had a uh, hotel in South Africa. That's it, yeah. You've just got to know the right people to flirt with, no, mate. I think every pro was put up this year because the accommodation was so cheap and they had more budget. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you just need to know who to. You just need to know who to buy the wine for, mate. You're buying the glasses of wine for the wrong people. Yeah, yeah, maybe, 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 maybe I do. Maybe I should flirt a bit more. Uh, maybe I should. <laughs> the lifestyle athlete must know how to do that. Like a week a later, he's turning out. himself into like a hoe. <laughs> Would you like some wine? Hey, oh. I, I've sent you some chocolate. <laughs> you see, guys, he'll be going to Canada now and he'll be staying in a five-star hotel and getting flown out in, like, business class because he's been, like... <laughs> no, no. I, I think I saw. I still saw some accommodation left in uh, in Canada and uh, it's not... Well, it's, it's like, a reasonable alrighty price. But otherwise, I would just uh, have a little look for a camper van over there. Or you could like stay at my sister's and train in Penticton and then drive over to Kelowna two days before. Yeah, but she lives like an hour away, doesn't she? Yeah, but the training's great where she is. Yeah. 
Yeah, Kelowna's like the best place for training. But I want to go out on Tuesday and then do like an hour. Oh, is she in Kelowna? Oh, there, that's it. Yeah. Is that an hour away? Yeah. Well, on the map, it looks like 10 minutes. Yeah, maybe there's slow roads out there. Yeah, maybe. The only thing I'm not looking forward to is the flight because I'm scarred after that little little poo in the air incident. I'm absolutely like I'm. I'm always shitting the bats when I, as soon as my toe hits the airport ground, I'm just starting to sweat like sweaty armpits. I'm always nervous in an airplane. I'm just I'm, I just don't like flying, especially now when I'm going all alone. I've always got someone coming with me, but now I'm going all alone all the way to Canada. Joe, you've got your dad. But I'm going all the way as a. I wouldn't do it, mate. I'd have a heart attack. What happened if something, what, what would I do if something went wrong with my bike? I wouldn't have a clue, would I? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be screwed. I'll be fine. <laughs> what, uh, um, what, you know, what's making me smile is um, when, when I said about staying with my sister, was uh, stay, I was thinking about staying with Frozen Brother. The, the wild moose. Um, her, her, the wild moose. Like, this is a story. Like When we went on the stag party uh, last year after Nice, um, we did like a bit of a driving trip and... Uh, that was the first time we'd actually seen my sister's uh, boyfriend, weren't it? And uh, didn't he say something to well, you? Like yeah. he was talking to you. And that was so he was talking to me and he is a proper French Canadian. He's French Canadian, right? So, yeah. uh, and he, uh, so originally I'd say he's, his, his language is French. Um, so he, uh, we were sitting at the table, we were drinking a couple of beers and we were having this bread. And he said, can you help me the, oh, he was saying frozen brother. So I said, what frozen brother he's like frozen brother so it's like frozen brother his brother is frozen or something in canada on the top of a mountain what's he saying but actually he wanted the uh the 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 butter that was frozen for on his bread so then uh and i don't know because of canada we were starting calling him like the wild moose but he i would love him to take me on like one of these trips because he goes on the one of these hunting trips or hiking trips through uh the woods and then uh like, I want to see a deer. And he says, you can never trust a wild animal. I know. That was one of the things that he said to me. But when he says frozen brother, it was more like, frozen brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm, uh, maybe, maybe I'll visit uh, my frozen brother, my, my wild moose up there. Can, he used to live in Banff, mate. He could take you up some proper mountains there. He was eyeing up Mont Blanc, weren't he? When we were in Chamonix, he was tempted to go on a wander up Mont Blanc and who knows maybe we would never have seen him again maybe he would have conquered it like the we'd, we will never know, know but like he was very impressed with Chamonix wasn't he by the way do you know what the most viewed sport is in the world Ironman triathlon almost <laughs> what is it uh it's got to be the most viewed football soccer it's the Tour de France really yeah uh, it's even more than 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 uh, Wimbledon or or uh, UEFA Champions League or or um, what's this uh, thing called again? This oh, rugby. so like the event, so, the so event, event yeah. like no, yeah. Oh, right, yeah, I can see that because like it's shown literally everywhere, isn't it? Three point eight billion viewers to the France, absolutely is it massive, is? isn't it? Wow, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we we thought we'd just finish with a with a little fun fact. Anyway, Joe, you've got your race tomorrow. Um, legs ready. Sharp for race day tomorrow. Um, and make sure to, uh, to have a good day out. Cheers, mate. Catch up with you after. Okay, I'll see you, uh, I'll see you on uh, Monday or Tuesday. And, uh, All right, we'll so yeah, get this up. uploaded as soon as possible and then I'll share it and stuff. I will, my influencer. See you.
See ya. Bye.